Hey, we're over here with the Jerry Farley listening to the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast. Check it out, because we're over here now. <laughs> Bada bing, we're rolling. Hey guys, well, that's my saying. Fuck this it's over not here your now. Shit. No. Bada bing, no. we're going. No, <laughs> just kidding. No Where good. are we now? We're over here now. <laughs> Episode forty-one, Brooklyn Blast Furnace. Uh, what's up, fellas? What's up? What's up? We have a really special guest with us. Uh, a really good friend of mine. Um, a great guy. Very isn't talented every, individual. Isn't everybody special that comes on? They here? are very special. They're all very special. In I mean, they would unique way. They wouldn't well, be on yeah. here if they weren't special. Correct. Tough you know? fact to follow, guys. No, no. You guys had some great, talented people, amazing people on this thing. It's uh, an honor to be here. Thanks, uh, thanks. This is. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to live up, man. Great, great people on this. And there's no expectations. Yeah. Welcome to the Rising Pulse Records compound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. Thanks. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Matt Brown with us. Amazing, uh, amazingly talented musician, producer, engineer. You know, been around forever. Um, super cool dude, man, and. He brought us some uh, some amazing L and B Spring Garden pizza. Je the Jerry Folly yeah. set off a little trend. I'm thinking <laughs> because now everybody has to step up their game. I couldn't let Jerry Folly be the only one to bring something cool here. All right. <laughs> well, the Jerry Folly, if you haven't heard already, but he's two episodes ago and he brought pastry from 13th Avenue at a place called Tasty Bakery, which has been mm. there forever. Yep. And uh, Matt Brown. Came here bearing gifts. A little L&B Spumoni Gardens. Right, right. Which we're going to eat cold because that's how Matt eats it. Apparently, Jimmy, you know the deal on that. I don't. I didn't know the deal on that. But I didn't it's, know. But, it, but it's kind of it's kind of a violation, though. A violation to eat cold pizza? Cold L&B. Cold L&B. It's just, good, but... That's the thing. I don't know. It, but I'm so not picky when it comes to eating shit. It's just care. my thing. You know, like, uh, when it's piping hot, I want to enjoy it. When it's too hot and it burns, you know, it's just not good. That's my dad's whole thing. He's like, yeah, ah, I can't eat it. Ten minutes is kind when of When it takes a nice layer of skin off the roof of your mouth. Oh, yeah. God, that's Ooh, the worst. Delicious. <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> Love that. Love when that oh, happens. Oh, man. Holy... But, God. you know, if you just leave it out a little bit and it's just room temperature, yeah, right. I can down that. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm good with that. You're a fast eater? Yeah. All food, you just like, it's gone. Yeah, I don't Shove eat it down your gullet like a, pel like a pelican? I don't eat a lot though, yeah. but small portions throughout the day. Yeah. But yeah, I like to eat fast. Nice. My right. dad would, when, when I was a kid, I used to just, my dad would come home from work and literally dinner would be ready. Everybody would sit down. It's like six, seven people. And my dad would be finished within literally the first three or four minutes of the meal. He's he a gavon animal? He was a gavon animal. Nice. And he would literally, his move was to pick up the plate like this, put it up to his mouth, and literally do this. Yeah. Like, oh, he's, was, he's shoveling it down his gullet. He was shoveling it down his gullet. And, uh, you know, he was like that. In the morning, eating breakfast, his breakfast was always two pieces of white, uh, white bread toast with butter on them, dunked in coffee. And each piece of toast was folded in half, dunked in coffee. That's gross. One bite. And then the next one was one bite. That's gross, because then your coffee gets buttery and greasy, then you have beads of butter on the top of your coffee. It's you know, fucking foul. You know, first of all, I love butter and coffee, <laughs> and a lot of people actually I know, that's like a thing. Butter. you ever put butter in your coffee? In my coffee? Yeah. yeah. No. Joe Rogan had, was doing that for a mm -hmm. while. I listened to the Rogan podcast, mm -hmm. like depending on who he has on, mm -hmm. and there was several episodes where he's talking about some kind of coffee, caveman coffee or something like that, and with a fucking chunk of butter in it. 
Disgusting. Uh, a lot of people are doing it. A lot of people putting coconut oil or butter. Listen, I'd give a anything. A lot of people are doing heroin, too. I'd give anything a shot. Maybe not heroin. <laughs> hey, I'd not give it a shot. Hey, so I saw what you did there. <laughs> I'll throw the butter in there. If she says it's good, I'll try it. But uh, I, I'm off the uh, half and half. I'm off the milk. It's just black coffee, a couple of sugars, and I'm good. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm, interesting. You know, getting, I think what happened, something happened, metabolism or something. Now I get zipped on coffee. Yeah? Yeah. I fucking live on it. I, I live on it. I love, I love I it. Drink, I drink way too much coffee. Yeah. Like, this is my second cup today, and I'll have, no joke, I'll go to fucking Dunkin' Donuts or 7-Eleven. I'll get, like, three more large coffees, like 20-ounce coffees today. Yeah, I'm about there with you. I'm about four or five cups a day, but small ones like this. Is it me? Is it Dunkin' Donuts? The coffee got worse over time. I don't know. It's either Dunkin' Donuts or Seven Eleven because it's right by my job, so it's convenient. I'm not really a big fan of fucking Starbucks. I'm really not. The only time I'll ever get like a Starbucks is like in the summertime. I'll get one of those fucking fairy gimmick fucking (laughs) those little fucking caramel macchiatos. No, because I I refuse to say that to the person. All right, what do you get? So I won't say it. Like a. An espresso? Uh, no, I'll just, espresso? I'll just I'll just get some sort of fucking ice fucking deal with like some like a pump of caramel. You just point at a picture, but it actually yeah, is a yeah, caramel macchiato. Yeah, because yeah, I, I don't like to say it. I don't like to say it. I feel a little light in the loafers when I say that it. One. The the that one, no, the one down there. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> you, too bouncy. You mean the caramel macchiato? No, no, that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same and, one. And I refuse to and I refuse to say what they call small, medium, and large. I know. I don't. Oh I don't God. like. Yeah, give me a venti, but no, no, give me a large fucking oh. iced coffee. It's such bullshit, man. Um, Stop trying to change my vernacular. I know, I know. But, you didn't you know, think I knew I, that word. I like, no, I know, dude, I know you've got some words. <laughs> I got some words. Got some words. Um, me I'm just waking up right now, by me, the way. Me personally, my whole thing now is I'm off, I'm trying to get off dairy. I'm just, it doesn't affect me. That I, I don't know, I became like, not to get too deep in, into my shit, and I don't even mean, I don't mean that literally. That's gross. I just mean, you know, well, how I, I digest shit. <laughs> Um, speaking, I just don't like cheese anymore. Speaking of shit, why you got check this shit out? Whoa! Whoa! What is this? This is like everyone the incense needs- match. Wow! What is it? Can we have these? Those are yours. Wow, dude, that's awesome. Well, what the fuck do they do? Well, you, well, you know, incense. You, you have too much dairy. You, you know, you go to the bathroom and oh, uh, this is this is to cover up your <laughs> shit. Wow! <laughs> Strawberry awesome. incense match. Where did you get this? Oh, my wife. She uh. This looks she like finds a thi- stuff. This looks like a thing that you would buy in a place where you can get clove cigarettes. Oh, let me tell you, I've blown up many a bathroom across the world. So uh, yeah, <laughs> nice. you carry these with you? Oh hell yeah, dude! This is this is brilliant. First of all, thanks for your honesty, because <laughs> I was out there by myself with the with the because I can't have like a lot of dairy anymore. I mean, you know your friends when you can talk about that. Kind oh of my stuff. god, yeah. I mean, we go back. And you know, I want to get right, into that, you know, how but you guys also, know each other. I don't even know if I ever... Uh, we've probably been in the same room together a billion, a billion times. times yes. It's got to be. We had to have Yeah, been. I feel be. right at home. I, where, where did you go to school? So, which... Starting from when? Starting from... How long do I know you at this point? It's got to be... Probably, I mean, what, 30 early, years? Early 90s or mid-90s? Junior high school. Junior high so school. So, I went to 303. 303. Yeah. Okay. So, I was in 303. That's where I went. I met... I grew up with... Uh, who you who you guys know as Matty Pasta? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we went to the same school together, and um, Matt was the one that like kind of reenacted my guitar playing. Oh yeah, yeah, because he was the other kid I met that had the guitar. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Matty Pasta's a great fucking guitar player. Yeah, he's killer. Yeah, he's yeah. Great. smoking. He's a great dude. 
Yeah. Did you happen to hear um, the episode where I had this uh, this dream about Maddie Pasta coming to my house? It, the, the episode is called Johnny on a Plate. Johnny on a Plate. So I, I had I had this dream about Maddie Pasta coming to coming to my house with like this whole bevy of people. You like that word bevy? No. <laughs> anyway, comes like to my one. house and he's trying to convince me to make a porno. In my apartment while I'm there. And I'm this like, is what he's dreaming about. I'm dreaming of Maddie Pasta trying to do a porno in my apartment. Why? Why? <laughs> Why did that happen in my mind? I don't know. Anyway. Don't know. Who knows? He's a funny bastard, man. He is. He's hysterical. I, every time Matt comes back and, and we hang out, I just cry because I, I love the guy. He's he's great. He's a great dude. Yeah. So you know Maddie Pasta from then? Yeah. From, Junior high school. I mean, it's, it's got to be uh, 1988. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a long time. That's that's I think when I first joined my first band. Yeah. Close call. Yeah. With Mike Scandata. Mike Scandata. That's right. And Cram. Shout out and to Cram. fucking Cram. Mark Nolan. That's right. Mike Scandata, the Matt Pinfield of heavy music. <laughs> it's true, man. Right? It's true. Yeah, he really is. He always has been that guy. Yeah. I mean, he's need... like a fucking encyclopedia for heavy music and horror movies. I mean that in the best way. Oh, absolutely. oh yeah, well, absolutely. It's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's it's a little bit of insanity. It's like it's like you know that much. I mean, I I love that shit too. He goes deep. I know. I mean, and I say that in a great way too. It's like you yeah, you need to know anything about like I said before before we were on like about like some 1972 Italian horror movie, and he knows all about it. Mm-hmm. It's like how do you know that? He just yeah. does. Yeah, I'm just not that guy. I yeah. just I, my mind was always focused on other things. Like when everyone was reading about. All this, all the bands and all that stuff, and going to all these shows. I, I had my head in manuals for like mixing consoles right. and like stuff like that. I was on the sort of on the other side of things in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, although That's cool. Yeah. All my friends were into hardcore. The, the whole the whole reason why I know anything about hardcore at all is because of my friends. Right. Yeah, right. It's really the same thing for me too. And that right. would be you know like Joey, mm-hmm. you know Joe Profito, mm-hmm. Agnostic Front. Yeah, you know. yeah. yeah. Nick Angelieri, you got all these guys. Yeah. Author Joe, Joe, Joe was on the show. Joe was on the podcast. Yeah, I heard that one. He was the first one that we actually did here in this room. That's right. That's right. Which did not come out very well. Yeah, because <laughs> we didn't have this setup. We had yeah. we were holding mics. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. His, I know. His, he, he was, his mouth was like right up on this mic. Yeah. Mine wasn't. Yeah. He, yeah, he was like all over the place. Yeah, it was yeah. a fucking mess. And yeah. it just didn't it didn't come out very well. But it was my first time doing it. I, you know, whatever. Anyway. And this is like punk rock shit. It's it like, we're, we're not trying to be fucking, yeah. you know, Metallica with their production. <laughs> it's, it's, well, we're, we're, we have a fucking wooden table made out of two by fours and a couple of microphones. Hey, that's my kitchen table you're talking about. I know. <laughs> I love this. Thanks, man. Yeah, I no, I, uh, my, um, my elbows are comfortable on it. Right? Not bad. But yeah, I mean, I was always like around the scene. I, I don't know everything about it. I don't know every single person and who's who and what bands that came from and where that came from or anything. It's just... Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of that, but nowhere near is the level of, like, Mike Scandato. No, definitely nah, not. I was just around... I was alone for the ride. All my friends were into it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Fastlane Studios, Ace London. Yeah. Of course, man. It's the, those were, like, the hub. The, isn't it crazy that those were the hubs and they were down here? They were down on this end of Brooklyn. Yeah. Down, yeah. Everything was happening down here, man. We had I never stepped foot in East London, but, like I said a couple of times on previous episodes, like, I would go and hang out at Fastlane from time sure. to time. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. the two places. Young and kid, 14, 15 years old, fucking going there. Like, I heard patterns fucking rehearsing while I was hanging out with the guys from New York City Strength. Mm. 
Like, you know, the tapeworm and fucking Anthony wow. Neal from Ball so Hazard and shit. Like, I would hang out with those guys. Like, the original lineup. Like, Scott Mecca and TK, the original singer and shit. Right. I'd be hanging out with them fucking 14 years old. That's 14, crazy. 15, the, mo- the latest 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Mike Ferrara and Joe Bravo were two guys that probably saved so many young kids from getting into so much trouble yep. by letting them hang out yeah. in these right. places. You got you know what that's that's a really interesting thing that you say and they really were they were just such nice guys to do that to I mean Dead Air would have rehearsals we would have 30 kids in the room Yeah it'd be a show It would be yeah. it was like a show he could have charged yeah. a few bucks We ne- he never even asked like donate he never asked for anything But I mean in, on the flip side if these kids were going to rehearse anywhere they were going to rehearse either at Ace London or they were going to rehearse at Fastlane So I think in in that regard it probably helped bring him business too. So yeah, maybe. Definitely. But it, he was. They were doing such. A but great there was thing. a whole scene and everything. Yeah. Like there, it was a great time to be around here. Yeah. It really was. And it was all had like once it was again early nineties. Like yeah, like I said, like I was hanging out there like ninety ninety one. Mm-hmm. Fucking long time ago, bro. Yeah. And all different kinds of music were doing cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Especially man. in there too. Like you guys remember that band? They they were around for. I think they put like three demos. That band, Cryptic Lord. Yes, I remember the three piece band. Yeah, DiFilippo brothers. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who was in it, but I remember Cryptic Jack Lord. and Jimmy DiFilippo, and they went to a couple of different drummers. Interesting. Yeah, and Mike Ferrara, he he really kind of like set it off for for me, and in a way that like he let us stay there and play around with his recording setup and do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I got into a band at the time, Uranium 235. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, Shane mm-hmm. was, uh, he was recording there and uh, yeah. we were doing production or writing tunes for Uranium and we would stay there overnight. And not just one night, a few nights sometimes. Mm-hmm. So all day the bands would come in, do their rehearsals, and in the nighttime we would just continue on and write more music and, uh, and record. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And yeah. Mike, you know, Mike let that go on too. Mm-hmm. Mikey Big Balls Ferrara. That's it. It's yeah. crazy. Hey, recently, is he gone or, or is it about to be gone? Fastlane. No, no, Fastlane's, Fastlane's gone. gone. Fastlane's gone. All right, but he's gone. got this new thing out in Long Island. Oh, he does? Yeah, it's called... Um, man, I, I gotta be... He's just bad. fucking called Fastlane again. You know, I wonder. No, it'll come to me. I'll, I'll shout cause, it Because Fastlane is just... It's, it's you know, it's connected to Mike Ferrara. I know, man. I know. I haven't been there yet, but he's doing really good from what I understand. That's good. Yeah. Good. I mean, a lot of people, man, there's a lot of stuff happening on the island, man. People sleep on Long Island, but you know what? There's a lot of shit happening out there. There's a lot of young bands. A lot of good bands, too. A lot too. of good bands. It's funny he says the island. You know, I said that too. The island. And mm-hmm. you think Staten Island? And I think, I, no, I think Long Island. Right. Yeah, I think Long Island. I think Long Island. So yeah. that's when, when the islanders came over to Brooklyn and everybody says it's a part of the same island. I said, but you call that the island, and we call this Brooklyn. Right. right. It's true. That's a good point. It is the same freaking island. Staten Island's the actual island. Yeah, it's gonna really, be island. it is. But we, we always call Long Island the island. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's out on the island. island. Yeah, out on the island. That's it. Anyway. You know what um, always irked me? What? When people from Jersey say, yeah, I'm going down the shore. <laughs> I'm going down the shore. <laughs> Shut up. There's shores everywhere. <laughs> They go to Coney Island, but we don't say, yeah, 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 we're going down the shore, but it's Coney Island. Why? <laughs> Why? Because it's a fucking, where the water meets the beach, that's the shore. Why do you have to have the shore? I mean, we have the city. Yeah, that's It's all other... the city. Yeah. But, you know, Manhattan is the city, you know? And it's so funny because recently I met this dude. I was hanging out with, uh, 
Angela, this girl I'm hanging out with, and, uh, you know, she's like, oh, this dude's coming here. His name's Mark. I just met him. He's a nice guy. We're going to hang out. He's new to, this, to, to New York. He just moved here. He comes and he's like, we're hanging out. And he's like, so let me, guys ask you, let me ask you guys a question. The city, that's Manhattan? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. He's like, why? And I'm just like, I have no idea. That's the way I feel about you. When I say I'm going to the city, mm -hmm. going to Manhattan. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you, bro, if you're, from, if you're from here, you don't say... I'm going to go into Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Like It's just, no, I'm going into the city. Can I go to the city? Then? You know what used to irk me about my asshole stepfather? What? He used to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going into New York. <laughs> like, that's fucking, you redundant ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go into New York. Are you? <laughs> but you're standing right in the middle of Queens. Guess, but you're going into New York. I guess the, all right, the, the weird thing is, okay, so you got, you got, you got, you know, you got the Bronx, you know when you're when you're filling out an envelope, like people don't really do this anymore. But with addresses, you got Brooklyn, you got you got New York, New York, which is why isn't Manhattan? When you fill out, can you do that? Can you write Manhattan, New York? Yeah, I think they'll figure it out. You might confuse somebody. And and but you could also at the do postal like, office. The postal office. You could eat, you can even do like flush, and that's the thing in Queens. It's like you you subdivide where you're from, like Flushing, New York, Kew yeah. Gardens, New York. That's weird, man. I don't know the answer to this. You're not going to put Gravesend in New York. You're going to write Brooklyn, New York. I, I would put Gravesend. I don't know the answer you. to this, but is there a Manhattan anywhere else? That's a good question. Why is Manhattan Beach in Brooklyn? That's it's all fucked up. It is. It's all fucked up. We're all fucked up over here. It is. Whatever. It is. What it happened is. after Uranium-235? <laughs> <laughs> after Uranium-235, uh, we, we spent... Well, let me tell you. We did like... I did like... Seven years, maybe eight years with Uranium 235. Right. I was out of high school. I went right on the road. Opened for everybody. We opened for Typo, Life of Agony. We opened for the Misfits. We opened for Motorhead. We were, we were in Germany with Motorhead for a month. Wow, that's crazy. That's we cool. opened for uh, industrial bands like uh, Godflesh. Fear Factory. Uh, Fear Factory at the Birch Hill, yeah. Wow, nice. Um, Second show I ever I played. hear industrial. I think Ministry, fucking Godflesh, and Fear Factory. Yeah. Those yeah. are the three that pop yeah. in my head. KMFDM, um, and we, uh, the second show I ever played with Uranium was, um, I believe it was my birthday or the day after my birthday, November 4th, mm -hmm. and it was at Lamore, mm -hmm. opening for Typo. Wow. And, uh, is it Lamore or is it Lamore's? It's Lamore. It is Lamore. It is technically Lamore, but it's saying I'm going to Lamore's. Lamore's is, is just something that got tacked on at the end there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to throw ahead. But uh, you know what? I got to say, I think that Anyone, most of the guys from Brooklyn is, would say, I'm going to Lamores. You're right. Most, yeah. yeah. Most. But what it comes down to is the way it's spelled. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Lamore. It's of course. True. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Well, did you say, yeah, I'm going to CBGB? No, I'm going to CBGB's. But is, wasn't there an S at the end of no, CBGB? No, CBGB. OMFUG. Oh, controversy. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're right. But anyway, so... so you controversy. Guys, you guys were open up, opening up for some really big big bands throughout the years. Yeah, we, we were doing it. And uh, basically in a van, mm -hmm. pulling a trailer. Like, mm -hmm. you know all about it. Sure. Um, sleeping on the floor of this van, mm -hmm. eating potato chip sandwiches, sleeping at people's houses like punk rock, like everybody did. Yeah. Hell yeah. Good times. Yeah, some of the best <laughs> Kids times. don't do that no, no more. And I was young, and all I really wanted to do was rock and roll, you know, and just go out and have a good time and, yeah. and, and do it for once, sure, finally. Sure. And we were. Yeah. All the business stuff and all the things that start to matter later was not even considered. No. 
Of course not. Yeah. You're a bunch of kids and you just want to go on stage and fucking get your shit off and have fun. Yeah, and so uh, in the band at the time, we had Billy Kelly. Mm -hmm. He was playing bass. Mm -hmm. um, we had Shane and Rob, and they came from a... Is Billy Kelly related to John Kelly? No. Okay, I don't know. No, but they were friends. Mm -hmm. okay. And so um, we had Shane and Rob from an old rock band called Low and Order. Okay. Shane and I remember they, that band. Yeah. Yeah, and he was Shane was always good at reinventing himself. He's and that's what he did. And and then so we and then we had a keyboard player. His name was John Meeks. He sounded great guy. Sounded like uh, Pete Steele. Oh yeah. Act, they actually all those guys grew up together. Johnny Kelly. Uh, and um, yeah, they all grew up together. So it's like can't, cut from the same mold. Yeah. In a mm -hmm. way. And uh, we did a lot of touring, and we had different uh, incarnations of the band. Some guys left, and uh, we had to fill it in, change mm -hmm. it up. We were managed by Ken Creedy. Mm -hmm. uh, As was everybody, it yeah. seemed like. Yeah. Um, Ken Creedy uh, let us go. I'll tell you this funny story real quick. Uh, we were at the uh, Foundations Forum. Okay. We were on tour at Life of Agony. Where okay. is that? Foundations Forum was in California. Okay. It's this convention at the time, like... Uh, all these bands would play this these hotel this hotel, mm -hmm. and um, everybody would stay in these hotels and parties would go on everywhere. And oh, downstairs right. there would be like uh, all your favorite bands would be playing. I think Sheer Terror was on that one. Okay, um, Life of Agony played that one. So, anyway, Behemoth, I believe. Anyway, um, so it's a place to like gather and uh, mingle with the industry. Yeah, and uh, Rob drummer was at a party in one of these hotel rooms. Okay. And um, they dosed him with acid. Nice. Get the fuck out. Yeah. And Holy he, shit. He fell asleep. No. Yeah. Who falls asleep on acid? So <laughs> Nobody. I've never heard that in my life. So he falls asleep. Now, we're tagging along. We didn't play this thing. We're tagging along on the trip. He falls asleep at this party. And they paint him green. Whoa. Like the Hulk. That wow. Now, now, Rob was kind of, you know... A little bit diesel, you know? Oh, yeah. Little guy, a little bit diesel. So he woke up and flipped out, looked in the mirror. He was painted green and on trashed acid. the whole hotel room on acid. On acid, wow. That's fucking awesome. Holy shit. And trashed the hotel room. Wow, okay. Now, I'm downstairs. I'm hanging out with Jim Rose from the Circus Sideshow mm -hmm. and, like, some other rockers and crazy people. And I'm having a great time. I'm like, I got to be, like, 18 years old. Right. And Living, uh, the, living the dream. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh... Shane comes running out of an elevator down through the lobby and he sees me. He goes, Matt, we got to go now. <laughs> I'm like, what? what? What's going on? Just come with me. <laughs> oh, shit. And we all pile into the van, the Sanford and Son van, and we're off. Uh -huh. And then I hear the story afterwards. Wow. What went on. Wow. And it's just like just another night, but yeah. one of those crazy nights. Anyway, I don't know what reminded me of that, but it was... Hilarious. And that's why you guys got let go from... Uh, oh, right. So, so after that point, it was like, yeah, you guys got to go. Wow. But what happened was we played a gig recently, like soon after. We, uh, we came back to Brooklyn with our tail between our legs, you know? And like a month goes by where we have a gig at CBGB. Okay. Mm -hmm. We play this gig and the place was pretty packed. Mm -hmm. And this, uh, this manager was there. And we're loading our stuff out, and she's coming up to me saying, 
I know this one and I know that one. I can do this for you and I can do that for you. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. This is a fucking name dropping. Yeah, fucking, like, ugh. Yeah. And we're loading the van. Yeah, see you later. But Shane, he got her number and all that. And it turned it actually turned into something. And, wow. Okay. And uh, we did a record. We got a record deal and we did a record and we went on tour with Motorhead. Wow, that's great. That what was the label that signed you guys? SPV. Nice. Very okay. cool, man. Let me tell you about the first gig with Motorhead. Sure, let's hear it, man. So uh, we fly all the way to Germany. My friend Danielle Russo, she uh, she came with us. She mm-hmm. she was actually on tour with us before any of this stuff happened. When we were in the van, so she would help us out with the merch. Right. And we finally got a record deal. We we'll go to Germany. I said I'm gonna bring Danielle. Mm-hmm. So we did. We brought her. She was out there with us. Uh, we make it all the way to Germany. We have a uh, a German bike club that was hired to shuttle us around from gig to gig. And those guys were doing it for their club. Okay. 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 And it was just an, so amazing, right? Wow, this I never seen this before. You have like a fucking entourage with you. Yeah. Okay. And so we first gig we opened for Motorhead. We're playing pretty big places in Germany. Mm-hmm. Now you guys know, everyone knows, Motorhead is an institution. Of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. You got sons, daughters, you know. Families that yeah. love Motorhead. Yeah, it's fucking Motorhead. There's no need for anything else. <laughs> Uranium 235 is an industrial like rock band from New York City mm-hmm. that has keyboards and samples and all kinds of stuff, and we're dressed like freaks. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, you know. And so the first gig we do it up like we always did it. Mm-hmm. What it worked just fine in front of Typo Negative. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Right. But here we are, and we're gonna play for the Motorhead crowd. Oh mm-hmm. boy. And so the first gig... It's a tough one. First song. Start playing. I can't hear the music that we're playing because the crowd is chanting Motorhead to the tempo of our songs. Wow. Wow. That kind of rules. (laughs) It does rule. That's fucking awesome. It is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when I I think about it, I I just... In hindsight, you got to laugh. Like, yo, they fucking hated us. It had to be that way. Yeah. It had to be. Yeah, man. I'm a Motorhead fan. Cut your teeth. And, you know, I got to say, I'm a Motorhead fan more than ever because of all those times. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so second song, (laughs) Try Again. Same thing, second song. So at... I don't even know if we finished the second song, but I all I do know is that Shane said Motorhead up next, and the whole crowd went, <sighs> "Wow!" <laughs> and we were off. That was wow. it. That Maybe was two that songs deep. First show of a tour that was going to last a month. Wow. Okay, we got to wow. figure something out yeah. quick. Yeah. 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 You yeah. Know? So what, what was the plan? So next gig was turn off the keyboards, take your shirts off, turn up the guitars. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. From that moment on. Everything was fine. Wow. All right. Wow. Yeah. And we had a great time. Wow, that's fantastic. Turn off the keyboard, take your shirts off. <laughs> what did the keyboard player do? It Merch. didn't matter. He could have done whatever. He could just stand there, do whatever he wants to do. As long as we were going over in front of Motorhead, it was, that's the way right. it had to be. I guess you're right. Yeah. That's or it. else he would have just been fucking abused for a month yeah. straight. Yeah. And you know, so 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 the band, like, it, uh, we had this cover. And like, in New York City, in the goth scene, industrial scene, like, the, the typo scene, mm-hmm. this cover song that we had would go over what really well all the time. And it was, you spin me right round. Right. Okay? <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and so we totally avoided playing this song in front of a motorhead crowd. Oh, right? Well, yeah, would I would that? too. Why would we do that? So everything's going great. And uh, we're like, 
I don't know, I want to say six, seven shows in. Right. And uh, let's do Spin Me. All right. Oh, shit. And I, we were so, so surprised to people see all these people singing every word and dancing. Wow. Imagine black leather everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, bikers right. everywhere. Just loving this song. Wow. That's kind of odd because then in, in about a half hour after that, they're all going to be fucking singing Iron Fist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of bugged out. <laughs> but I guess that's the thing. I think if, I think if a band gets on stage and plays to the crowd and, and the crowd is like, I like what I'm hearing. And then you pull out something like that. They're like, well, I'll give this a shot too. It's like you bring people's guards down. Yeah. It's like how, um, I forgot who was saying about comedians how like Chris Rock, you know, will will he's a comedian, but he'll bring your guard down and then talk about some political shit, and really you'll be more open minded to kind of like yeah, you'll be more open minded listening. I guess it's a similar thing, man. Um, so that sounds familiar, Robert Kelly. You know that comedian? I think so. I think we we were talking about it maybe. I don't know, but I just recently heard something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts with like like Robert Kelly's podcast and Rogan and stuff, so yeah. they might have you know possible yeah. so so you guys um so the, so so any other like imp, like extremely crazy shit happened what about lemmy did you get to meet him yeah so yeah i met lemmy he was awesome yeah every great. single person yeah every person of course never a bad word about lemmy no. ever like not even once no lemmy liked us yeah yeah and uh he said to me on that first gig when they were chanting he said at least they weren't throwing bottles at you ah. yeah <laughs> he said i think they liked you <laughs> he was being a smart ass yeah. yeah and then of course I, I bump into Lemmy at the Rainbow okay you know over at at the end there doing his thing on the uh, pinball machine on the machine not the pinball machine the, the that like the gamble machine yeah. Yeah. machine yeah he used to roll he, he would roll in to those shows in Germany he, his crew would roll in a full size slot machine into mm. his dressing room wow yeah he loved it Wow, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he really lived that stuff. Nice. Everything you heard is yeah. probably true. Yeah. yeah. Crazy shit, man. Crazy. Yeah. And then um then they came in like I I'm a stagehand mm -hmm. in New York. I was I was working in the city and they came into the job and um and those guys remembered me. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. cool. That's amazing. I mean it's more than I could say. I I, I feel like I met so many people that I, I I struggle mm -hmm. to remember everyone. Mm -hmm. Sure, man. I mean, hey, I so, have a, I have a podcast and I can't remember anything. Me neither. <laughs> I just I gave you a list of four episodes that we're about to do with dates because I have to fucking get it straight in my head. I played roller hockey with uh, with uh, Mickey D. Oh yeah, who's Mickey D? Yeah, the drummer. Of oh, Mo. from 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 Motorhead. Yeah. Oh, get the fuck out of oh, here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, not not here in Brooklyn, but mm -hmm. on the road when we were in oh, Germany. Oh no way! Yeah, he wow. was. He's he, he was like you want to play hockey? Wow! And right around the corner of this venue, there was like a roller rink or whatever, and they gave us brand new skates, sticks, everything. Wow! Nice. And it was roller hockey. I'm I'm an ice hockey guy, but really, yeah, I was like, say no to this. Mm -hmm. No way. Hell yeah, no. I don't know. Yeah, and that was fun. That's crazy. Obviously, pre-internet, or that we would we would. Did you fucking photos. check them into the fucking walls? <laughs> There was no walls. No? No, it was like open space. Oh, you know? shit. I would have fucking was checked them anyway. Or anything no, like that? no, no, no. Just it was like good game. fun. No, Come on, that would have been a great part of the story where I knocked him on his ass. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> no? Scary. No, none of that. <laughs> no, no, none of that. Just... Um, yeah, so, so um, 
your your love of hockey, man. Um, you grew up with the sport. How did you get into it? So, like, you know, all the Russians came from Odessa, and they moved into Sheepshead Bay. Uh-huh. And, and one of my friends... And they're still all there. Yeah. Still coming. I grew yeah. up in Sheepshead Bay, and uh, one of my close friends, Alex Tabachnik, got me into hockey. And basically, his, his, uh, his grandfather found a lefty stick and gave it to him. And he was righty, and he learned lefty. Wow. And then he taught me how to play hockey, and I play lefty. Okay. Now, because... Are you a righty, though? Yes, I'm wow, a righty. Wow, that's so bizarre. So I play lefty. That's so crazy. So is my brother. Yeah, so mm-hmm. because of him, that's how that happened. And then we started playing roller hockey on the streets, mm-hmm. and then we got into Kings Bay. Mm. Oh, shit. Hockey. Yeah. Wow. I played on the streets, too, my brother and my cousin and my friend Tommy and a bunch of other people. But we never, we were, I don't know, we just were too young. I don't know. We weren't, we didn't take it serious enough. Then my brother, I don't know, we all split. I got into music, and that just took up all my time yeah this is like this is i played guitar but i didn't take it seriously at all mm. you self-taught um yes and no okay i went to berkeley college of music when i was in uh high school okay during the summer times okay there was like summer courses and stuff mm-hmm. and then, yeah and it was college level okay but again it was like i was i just wanted to do it so um, a lot of that knowledge kind of like went in and out of the sure. year, you know, right through, cause yeah. I just wanted to go out and play. Right. I'm actually, uh, going back to it. And right now I've been taking, uh, classes from Berkeley College of Music. Oh shit. Yeah. So now you can, they do it online and back then we didn't have that shit. So yeah. now you can take anything. I took theory. I took guitar scales, guitar chords I'm in now. I mm-hmm. took all kinds of shit. I remember recently you, you were sending me scales. Yeah. Like scales that you were working on and, yeah. and learning, and then oh, you making uh, you making like almost like a a way to look at scales, yeah. right? You were making like this layout, yeah, because there's like, so many different, it's like so many ways to look at it, uh, look at the same thing in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jimmy's gonna fall asleep in about two seconds. No, I, just, <laughs> I don't see it happening already. <laughs> no, it's it's just me. No, uh, I, so I, I talk about theory. <laughs> yeah, well, how do we get here? Oh, I, I, don't I don't know. Um, on the road with Lemmy, next thing you know, we're talking about scales. I don't know. He wanted to take it into a, a hip check direction. We took it. That would have been awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, so, knocked the drummer from Motorhead on his ass, gave him a concussion. He hardly was able to play a set the next night. I did that. <laughs> so, Kings Bay was brutal, though. Oh, Kings yeah? Bay was brutal because the boards were, were square. So, the, the corners were square. There was no rounded edges there. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, it, Jesus. Yeah. It was pretty brutal. Damn, dude. We did that for like two or three seasons, and then we went over to ice hockey. Was there? Oh, okay. So was was so was that an intentional thing that people would check you into the corner because it was so brutal? If they really wanted to hurt you, they'd check you right there? It was there? a checking league, and that was just the way it was. Wow. You know, they didn't make rounded corners there. Oh. Damn, dude. I broke my arm there. When Damn. men were men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or when, yeah. You see it. There it is. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. That's my, fucking crazy. This hand too. Wow. Know? Anyway, that's nice. crazy. Good stuff. That's crazy. How did behold a pale horse? Behold a pale horse. Mm-hmm. A pale horse named. I always get to confuse the book yeah. and the band. A pale horse named Death. How that all come about? And well, so foundations form. Okay. That's when I started hanging out with uh, Sal Abrascado. Okay. Right. We original. Were- well, not original, but I believe. Third drummer for Life of Agony. The founding member of Type Original Theater. drummer for. Type O negative. Yes, mm-hmm. that I know. Yeah. He's also a founding member, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, Typo? Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, like, we were hanging out on tour a lot, too. 
too. But that at Foundations Forum is really sort of where we really started to hang out all the time. Or whatever, mm -hmm. like he would call me when we were home. Right. In Brooklyn, you know. Yeah. And so like Sal Abscato, right? And then um, after Uranium Two Thirty Five, like Billy Kelly was the bass player in Uranium Two Thirty Five, and he uh, he left, mm -hmm. and things kind of fizzled out. And I was looking to do something new, so I started a sort of like post-hardcore kind of band with him called uh, Supermassive. Mm -hmm. And it was me and Billy Kelly writing, and we came up with all this material, and, and Sal was out of Life of Agony at I've that point. I've heard of Supermassive. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, he, Sal was out of Life of Agony at that point. They had a guy, Dan Richards, from uh, Propane I'm not at that point. Sure. And, um, and then Sal was looking to do something. And I think he bumped into Billy Kelly because he worked over there at what was Ace London. Okay. That turned into Fast Lane 2. Right? Really? Remember? I didn't remember that. Yeah, Mike bought Ace London. I didn't even remember that. And it went it turned into Fast Lane 2, and Billy was putting bands in and out of the rooms there, and Sal was there. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, now we have Sal in Supermassive. Okay. And we did this this band lasted two shows. Wow. And that was it. Supermassive? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So is there another Supermassive that I'm thinking of? Maybe. Possible. I mean, it's... Okay, I don't know. It springs about. Well, I remember, the, I remember the project because you were in it. You were involved, and at that point, we were friends, obviously. Yeah. So, um, so anyway... So, like, uh, so we were doing that. We, we, we recorded an EP. Okay. Uh, we did two shows. It kind of fizzled out. People weren't getting along. It just wasn't working out so the, 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 the a payload named death that was pretty much formed right after typo negative was done correct I'm not sure the time frame of all mm -hmm. this because honestly I kind of tuned out from typo negative after like October Rust mm -hmm. I'm like, trying to think because like there was a it was happening and, and Pete was still alive okay. okay okay this is like a convoluted long story yeah so it's like so Supermassive ends, mm -hmm. right? And uh, I go on the road. I start going on, yeah. I start going on the road doing tech work and stuff. Right. And I, I started working. Actually, Life of Agony gets back together, mm -hmm. and I'm guitar teching for Joey Z. Now. Okay. And um, and then after that tour, I'm also at home doing stage hand work, and I'm meeting people, and I get put forward. My friend Stuart Herwood puts me for and uh, Mark Kroll mm -hmm. put me forward for Lou Reed. Okay. And now all of a sudden I'm working with Lou Reed. Wow, that's fucking Now that's a whole nother story, but like I'm trying to I'm trying to hone it in here. Yeah, no, I get <laughs> you. I get I, I get it. Um scattered. So Life Agony, Sal's back in Life Agony, the Supermaster thing is over. Um I'm looking for something else to do musically and Sal, I believe uh, Johnny and Kenny were looking for another guitar player for their band Blackwater Rising, what mm -hmm. it was called mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. So they asked me to, if I would want to do it. They called me, uh, Johnny or Kelly, Johnny or Kenny called me up and asked me if I want to do it because we had history already mm -hmm. from touring and they knew who I was. And so I said, yeah. And, I, and all of a sudden I'm doing this Blackwater Rising music, which actually turns into Seventh Void. Okay. Okay. All right. Blackwater Rising had um, Rob Trainer mm -hmm. on bass, and okay. he was writing stuff too. When Rob Trainer was out, he kept the name Blackwater Rising. Mm -hmm. That's why he's got that right now. Right. Yeah. Um, now I'm still trying to hone this in. So 
I'm in with uh, Seventh Void now. Sal is on the road with Life of Agony. Um, Seventh Void, we opened for Typo Negative. Mm -hmm. We did the last tour before Pete passed away. Wow. Um, we did a lot of tours with that band, too. Mm -hmm. I seen Seventh Void live just one time, and that was at in 2006 at Starland Carnival Reunion Show. Yeah, and 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 uh, Pete came out during the Seven Void set, and they did, and he did, they did uh, kill all kill the white, white people. people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, I was there. It was a fucking great night. Yeah, we were crying. Yeah, because because uh, uh, Pete was throwing watermelon into the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, he ran he ran up to me. I, I, man, all the years of doing this, like my back is just not right no more. Mm. Like oh, yeah. banging my head, playing guitar and sure. loading the trailer and all that stuff. Pete ran right up to me and shook me with his big mongoloid hand, you know, and made me sing into the mic at the same time with him and he threw my shit right out. Wow. On that nice. on that on that show. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Good shit. Yeah. Petrus. <laughs> so yeah, so Seventh Void is happening. Now Sal, like, you know, Life Agony is always on and off, on and off, yeah. on and off, on and off. I know he's not in the band now. Right. They got a female a female drama. Yeah. And so Sal is like, uh, I got all this material and um, I always, always wanted, like, I love working with you and I want to, you know, do you want to do this? Do you mm -hmm. want to help me make a record? So I was like, yeah. So now I'm in Seventh Void and I'm helping Sal make a pal horse mm -hmm. named Death Record. Right. It's always, it's very strange. Like, yeah. oh, the way, the way it's all connected, you know, members of Typo Negative, members of Life of Agony, you know. Yeah. It seems like it's always been that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. it's like, wow, it's uh, it's so um, incestuous. It is, it is kind of incestuous. Was yeah. there ever any problems with with that? Like with, with, with Kenny Hickey and, uh, and like some of the guys from Seventh Void and some, you know, Sal. And was there ever any beef or anything like that? No. I mean, there's, there was... A, and when I say beef, I mean like maybe there was like some bad vibes. You know? No, I mean the history of like... Yeah, they all know each other for fucking yeah. since they're all yeah. kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, so. it's just people. Right. You know, you're going right. to have uh, a negative th thought maybe about a situation that happened, you know, with one of your friends too. Sure, yeah. So I'm sure there was like many things mm -hmm. to feel bad about. But at the, at the end of the day, I mean, we had Johnny Kelly in the band with us mm -hmm. with, in, a, in a pale horse named Death, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's... This is what the guys know. That style of music and stuff, yes. like it's just, it's what they do. Yeah. yeah. I was listening to, I was listening to uh, a pale horse named Death like two, two, three nights ago. Mm -hmm. It's very, very typo negative esque. Yeah. 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 I mean, very I can, much so. I can go on and on about it. I mean, the thing that brought me to typo negative, the uh, the thing that that I was really into about it was that sound is very specific mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah i mean yes. in the production too i mean yeah. a lot of people don't i don't know if a lot of people give josh silver as much credit as i think he deserves yeah he's it's true for because that. he's he's really like a, a huge factor in that sound in the sound yeah i mean even on the first life of agony record mm -hmm. i mean to me yeah i hear josh silver mm -hmm. but okay. i'm a producer so right. that's what i hear i hear right. that the that filter mm-hmm that but he, that's the thing. I think it's like 
you know, people do hear it, even people that, that just listeners, people that aren't musicians or producers, I think they hear it and they connect it, but they don't know why. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? They just yeah. don't, they don't exactly know why. They're not why. smartened up like you are. They're not smartened up like yeah. Matt is. Yeah. Matt's really smartened up. I'm learning See, my man. lessons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now you, you had you had said that from, from one thing, the next thing you know, you're working with Lou Reed. Now I had put on the flyer that all the listeners have seen um, that you were a touring engineer for Lou Reed and Joan Jett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Question, but I'm, I'm just not even going to fuck it. I'm not going to even beat around the bush. You have Joan Jett's phone number? Yes, I do. <laughs> you do? It's right there, yeah. Yeah? No. You should call her and be like, listen, yeah. I'm with these guys and you need to come on the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast. She needs to smarten herself up. Listen up, Joan. So you're trying to make it so I'm not friends with Joan Jett anymore? If I do that and she, she says, Matt, you're fucked up. I'm never going to call you again. Yeah. Where does she live? I don't want to know specific block. Out on the state. island. <laughs> oh, she's on the island. She's local. Yeah. She's on the island. Well, oh. I'll bring this traveling fucking circus to her. <laughs> so Joan Jett, like, uh, wow. I mean, everything is so convoluted. I can't. I can't even tell you like how, like AC Slade. Mm. Okay. Okay. Who's playing in the Misfits right now? By the way. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, he was in a band a long time ago called Vampire Love Dolls. Remember that band? I don't, but okay. I specifically <laughs> remember coming out of Trash and Vaudeville, hanging out with Ryan. Mm-hmm. From Ake? Yes. Shout out to Ryan Bland. Yes, and by the way, he did say, please let yes, him know yeah. that I said what's up. Yes. Ryan is like one of the first people I met when I was sort of like going to the city on my own. Mm-hmm. The you know? city, ladies and gentlemen. The city. Yeah. Where'd you go, Trash and Vaudeville? Trash in Vaudeville. Was Ryan working there at the time? Yes, he was. Yeah. Did you listen to Ryan's episode? Yes. It tells a great story yeah. about Prince in there and everything. Yes, yes. He's a huge Prince fan. Oh, mm-hmm. I know. It so, gets yeah. discussed in detail on his yeah. show. I was looking for a new spike collar or something, and he mm. was there to help me. Nice. Let nice. me tell you. <laughs> but so, I'm coming out, and, and AC Slade's walking down the block, and I was in Uranium 235s in the Vampire Love Dolls. Hey, mm-hmm. we should get together. We should play some shows. Mm-hmm. He was always super cool. Mm-hmm. And so we did. You know, he was from back then. So fast forward all the way till like, what, six, five, four years ago? Maybe four years ago. Okay. Jerry Folly okay. sends me a text message. Hey, to Jerry Folly. Um, <laughs> hey, you a guitar tech at all? Um, my friend, uh, AC, he's asking me because uh, Joan Jett needs a guitar tech. Oh, oh shit. God, I know dude. AC. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm going to call AC right now. Thanks, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I call... And yeah, it worked out. So now I'm guitar tech for Joan Jett. Wow. And um, basically the engineering part comes into play because I started get, helping them out with their in-ear monitoring setup and all that stuff. And wow, okay. But I came from the uh, monitor engineering world because of Lou Reed and all that stuff. That's mm-hmm. where I got involved with all that. So right. now I'm doing sort of like double duty with the, the in-ear monitoring guitar tech at the same time for Joan. Okay. And how long did you do that for? Up until about a little over a year. Okay. She um she's always flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's always get on a plane. It's always go to California. It's always come back. You know, it always take three days. Mm-hmm. And it and it's just it was starting to get to me honestly. I got you. I got you. Like I I come from the world of I I the way I like it anyway. She'll make time for us. Mm. <laughs> I, like, I like to get in. <laughs> I like thinking. to get on tour. Go be away for however long. Come back and and relax. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Always yeah. on the go like that starts to get daunting. Right. I hear you. I hear yeah. you. But how long did you uh, did you work for Louis then? 
10 years. 10 years. And yeah. what was different about that? So, so with Lou, we would go for like six weeks. Okay. Twice a year. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. So that's some, see, that's something that you could. You could totally just be like, okay, well, I'm going to be gone from now to then. Yeah. And that's it. And you and know it. it. It's a set Twice schedule. A yeah. Beautiful. And that's how he would do it every year? It was very consistent? No. I mean, some years were, were more than others, but mm-hmm. it was along those guidelines. It was almost like a set type of deal. Yeah. We were going to go on tour and... This is what we were doing, bringing all this stuff, and, and we're going to do it the same every day. And we're going to set it up and break it down. We're going to get back in the bus, go get into a hotel, wake up. You know, wow. it was actually like next level. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. That's cool. This is John from the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast. My band, Candiria, will be headlining a very special Blacklight Media showcase at the Gramercy Theater on Thursday, March 8th in New York City. We have a very special set of music planned for this event featuring songs from our sophomore album, Beyond Reasonable Doubt. Some of these songs have never once been performed live, and you can see it all Thursday, March 8th at the Gramercy Theater. You can find tickets for this special event at concertsone.livenation.com or mercuryeastpresents.com slash the Gramercy Theater. Well, he's Lou Reed. I'm sure sure it was no fucking... Sure. No fucking shit show. Did you become close with him, or was he more of a private guy? I I became friends with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there were from time to time he would call me up. We'd have conversations. Yeah. yeah. He, funny story. So the first I was his bass tech at first. Okay. So so um, Mark Kroll and Stuart Herwood, two guys I was working with in doing stagehand work in the city, put me forward for this gig for bass tech for Lou Reed and. I'm so ashamed, but I didn't know who Lou Reed was, mm-hmm. right. honestly. Mm-hmm. And I know it's so fucked up to say, but wow. Not really, I mean, not because, really. because yeah. some people don't know what the fuck, you know. So I learned about him. I'm not super hip to Lou Reed. I know who he is. I know some of his stuff, but I don't know fucking. I learned everything about him, the history and everything through working with him. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I didn't realize how much I knew his work sure. until I was standing there. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. So I got base tech job. First gig on that job was Japan. Oh, okay. First gig, I went to, straight to Japan. Wow, is nice. your first time in Japan? Yes. Wow. Awesome. Fuji Fuji Rock Fest. Oh, very cool, man. Pixies were on the stage oh, right before us. Wow, that's so cool. Man. Blowing it up, it was amazing. Wow. And how um, many people? Big venue. Obviously, it's a big venue, but I couldn't see the end of it. No, oh, wow, that's fucking yeah. crazy. There you go. Yeah. So we go out there, and I'm a bass tech. I did like two or three tours as a bass tech. Mm-hmm. I'm in some videos they released, mm-hmm. uh, some from different live videos they released on DVD over the course of time. They had a great monitor engineer, um, uh, Jeremy Darby, mm-hmm. uh, amazing guy. Um, and something went on, and they were looking for another uh, monitor engineer. But we were on tour. We were in Italy, and... Um, the Italian monitor engineer couldn't understand what the band needed. Okay. We didn't we wouldn't we didn't have a guy with us because Jeremy Darby wasn't there at that at this one. I understand. And so I was like, uh, I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I fixed it, mm-hmm. whatever the problem was. And then I went back to base tech world. Mm-hmm. And after the gig they came up to me and said, You know how to do that? Mm-hmm. I was like, Yeah. And they were like, Do you want to do that? And I was like, uh, I'll give it a shot, but not on this tour because I don't want to be doing both. Right. And they were like, okay, so next tour, we're going to do it. And they're like, okay, you're going to be the monitor engineer. We're going to SIR. We're going to do rehearsals for a week. Okay. 
going to SIR, this is my first time ever mixing monitors okay. for Lou Reed. Wow. The band is asking me, uh, I need this, I need that. You know, I'm, I'm just following their demands and I'm doing what they want. Mm-hmm. And 10 minutes, whatever goes by, Lou Reed stops the band, stop, you know. It sounds horrible. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Sounds horrible. I was like, fuck, man. You know, I'd give my old job back, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I tell, I tell him, Lou walks out the door. I go in, up to him and I say, Lou, you know, I want you to have a great tour. I, if I'm not doing the right thing, you know, find somebody else, you know, I'll do the bass tech thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, but stick around because uh, we need somebody until we find somebody. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. We go back in the room. We start doing rehearsal. Lou comes out. The band starts playing. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to do it the way I do it. Because mm-hmm. this sounds like garbage. I right. know it. I'm just following what they... I just followed what they wanted. Right, right, right. right. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to make this sound good. And I did it my way. Mm-hmm. He stops the band. He walks up to me. He says, Matt, sounds great. Stick around. And then 10 years go by. Wow. That's fucking great. That's crazy, man. man. That's, and that's, what, that's exactly what happened. You smartened Lou Reed up. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you that's go. That's fantastic. I mean, that's the thing, man. <laughs> you look, you know, I mean, that's how life fucking happens. You do it, and you might not do it so great, and then you yeah. like, get back in the saddle instead of walking away, yeah. and he gave you that sort of like vote of confidence, like, stick around, dude, we need you. I can't you know? tell you how many times I've failed. You yeah. know? Well, you have to. Yeah, yeah you gotta. Just, in life. You just gotta fail until you win. That's it. And that's it. That's it, man. Yeah. That's crazy shit, man. That's really, really insane, man. So, so, so what happened after that? How did you wind up working with, uh, with Sugar Man? Yeah, dude. Hold on. All right. Sugar Man. I, Rodriguez is yeah. his name. Rodriguez, yeah. Right. Now, I gotta give a shout out to, to the Broad Street Breakdown podcast because on that podcast, they... At the end of every episode, they give like their recommendations to whatever they're into, mm-hmm. whatever it could be a book, could be a show, could be a, a fucking YouTube clip, anything. But I don't remember exactly who it was. It might have been Vinny Paz that mentioned the Sugar Man documentary. Yes, mm-hmm. and briefly described and 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 briefly fucking mentioned what it was about. Okay. Now, do you know the story? Obviously, you do know the story. Yeah, who is he? And how the fuck did he blow up and then let us know how you got involved, if you can do that? Because it's a fucking fascinating story. Unbelievable story, story, isn't it? Yes, it's fucking fascinating. And and when I got the gig and I did the research on this guy, because I didn't know who he was again. Like Mm -hmm. Right, I had no idea who he was until probably about six months ago. Yeah, I had no idea. And I did the research and and I listened to the music, and especially that first record, Cold Fact. Okay. Um, I said to myself, how come I never heard this before? Because these songs are great. Right. Mm-hmm. But he was a guy right. who basically put out music, right? And then that was it. It fizzled. It didn't really... You know what? So, now, it was uh, Motown Records. Okay. The guy that owned Motown Records. Okay. Right. Put out all his material. Uh, and he never got paid for this stuff. Nothing. Okay. Not a thing. Yeah, yeah, he, he thought he was like, blah, that was it. And wow. he goes back to his regular job and shit, right? He's a construction Wait, worker. Move the fuck over. I haven't moved <laughs> since we started. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, listen, I think I'm space. He's a, he's a construction <laughs> worker and he's just, uh, he's playing the bars okay. yeah. in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's got, he, he ran for 
for office somewhere. Really? Yeah, he went to college. He did all these things, you know. He lived to try to make it, to try to sh- fucking just get by and yes. like have a life. He had kids. His kids had kids. Um, and there was so I guess in the when the internet started to really be accessible for pe- people were making websites and stuff. There there was a some guys making this website searching for Sugar Man, looking mm. for this guy. They really wanted to know what happened to him. There was legends of like he, him setting himself on fire on stage or committing suicide or some crazy shit. Okay. Um, his uh, his tape made it to South Africa somehow. Some girl had a bootleg tape, you know, like DIY, like you know. Yeah. And um, it spread it around, and it was during the apartheid, I believe, uh-huh. or like depression and all kinds of stuff. And and if you were there at that time, it was told to me that you had only a few records in your collection like the top records would be like you'd be he was like right next to like an Elvis record okay you know like mm-hmm. you had yeah. a Sugar Man tape yeah. or mm-hmm. something and which is nuts yeah cause it spoke to people mm-hmm. and uh he had no idea he became huge like, over yeah, there he's yeah. like Elvis Presley in fucking South yeah, Africa and he's this fucking Paul Bassett putting up fucking framework and working a construction job yeah. and having no idea, never got paid a nickel. Yeah. So, so they, uh, they're interviewing, they're doing, they're going, um, trying to find the people that were involved that made that record. And I think they found the recording engineer, producer guy, or whoever that was. And they, they have a long conversation with this guy on the telephone. It's like going on for an hour. And at the end of the conversation, they're like, so what happened to him? How'd he die? Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, he's not dead. Wow. <laughs> He's uh, over there in Detroit. He's over there now. <laughs> He's over there. Yeah. <laughs> and so they uh, they call over there and mm-hmm. try to get him on the phone. Now, now let me tell you, he is a sweetheart, this guy. Okay. He's soft-spoken. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really like to be around a lot of people. He's not, you know, he's... He's an he's, introverted guy. He's on his own. He, I mean, he's got a lot to say. He's a smart dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, he's like he's not answering the phone for anybody, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. especially at that time. So they're trying to call him, and uh, it takes a few times, but they get him on the phone, and they're like, "Listen, you are bigger than Elvis here in South Africa. We want to book you. We have this arena show, whatever, however many nights. Fucking arenas. That's we're gonna, amazing. we're gonna imagine that shit. It's fat. It's fucking unbelievable. Now I don't know the details of like that conversation or anything, but if, but what happens is. He goes there mm-hmm. with the family, and he gets off the plane on the tarmac. They cut. They get off this plane, and there's a limo. Wow! And him and the family start walking around the limo. Oh, nice limo! It must mm. be somebody cool here, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're walking <laughs> well, around. This is for you. You're like royalty over here. Exactly. He's like, no, this is for you. Wow! Now listen. He showed up there by himself with his family, no band. Wow! There was an opening band that they booked that he decided to just be like yeah you guys you guys are gonna be my band wow this is the first time back you know forever so mm-hmm. and the band must have been shitting themselves right yeah because mm-hmm. how many how many years what is that time frame mm-hmm. it's like from when are the recordings from yeah what are the recordings from yeah. so i don't want to get the the date wrong mm-hmm. well around about i i I want to say 70s. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like we could do the research. <laughs> yeah. But 
I think a lot of time went by. Sure. Yeah. Decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking crazy. That is crazy. So what happened with the band? So they, they learned the stuff, and he does this show, and people are crying. and wow. every, You know, it's emotional. And wow. I, from what I understand, it was more than one show, and mm. it was sold out. I mean, this is like... Are- I, arena. You arrived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy crap. It's like, and he had no idea how huge he was, and it, it's, it's, it's baffling. And they made the documentary, and uh, there's a couple of them, I believe. It won a Grammy. Mm-hmm. It put him on the map, and uh, he, he did all the talk shows and stuff. And, and then he was touring, and um, how I got the call, I'm on the road with Joan Jett. Mm-hmm. I'm in California, like I said I would be. Because we're always going to fucking California with them. Anyway. <laughs> um, and I get this uh, this text message. And uh, it's from Mark Yulev. Yulev. Mark Yulev. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Worked at uh, CMS, but he also worked at uh, Continental mm-hmm. with uh, yep. Trigger. Mm-hmm. I don't know who these people are, but... Trigger okay. is the owner of Continental Bar with the Vietnamese hat. Oh, I don't know. The owner? I know. Okay. The, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the you guys, I think you guys were talking about this on one of the podcasts. We were. You we were. were. Yeah. I think Jerry Farley might have brought it up. Yeah. It might be. Yeah, maybe. So maybe. Not me. I just know the Continental. So Mark, anyway, you left. It's like, hey, uh, he wrote me an email. It was an email. And he was like, hey, uh, I thought of you because like, you usually work with legends. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. <laughs> and I don't know how I work with legends. It just happened that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I Blue Reed, Joan Jett. Hang on, come come fucking hang out with this guy Rodriguez. Just, just worked out that way. Very lucky. That's all I can tell you. Mm-hmm. Luck. Anyway, so I get this um, this message. I thought of you, this guy, he's looking for a monitor engineer. Uh, what do you say? So like, I contact the the production manager for Rodriguez, and we work out a deal. And yeah, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna mix the rehearsals at CMS. Okay. I do. He brings his whole family, Rodriguez. Really? The kids, everything. The sons, the daughters, the daughters' kids, everybody. They're all there. The son-in-law. It is a family operation. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I do. Uh, I, I. That's it. I started there, and I uh, just kept going. Okay. And awesome. And you still work? You yeah. Still work? I mean, he he changes his band. He'll go solo. He'll he'll get a there's always one guy that I gotta mention is an amazing musical director guitar player and that's Edward Kuna mm-hmm. this guy was in in like punk bands and all kinds of stuff in in um in the UK he's toured a lot but somehow he fell into this okay um classic situation okay. you know musically mm-hmm. and he's great Edward Kuna um but um yeah I don't even know where I was uh, well, Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah, and so I just kept going. Yeah, he changes his band. He changes his people sometimes. Sometimes, um, so I don't know. Like, there's something coming up. Mm-hmm. I see on, in the paperwork on the website on the tour dates, whatever. I don't know if I'm on it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it just happens. Yeah, it's just the way it is. It's all good. Right. And what do you do for what do you do for steady work now? Besides, besides, if you get a tour or something like that. So. Um, so for many years, you know, for me, in bands, going on the road, I needed something at home that was I was able to get back into when I got mm-hmm. back home so sure, I could make sure. a buck because you know mm-hmm. you're not making it on the road. Mm-hmm. So the easiest thing for me to do was sound work mm-hmm. or uh, stagehand work. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a lot of guys do this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. uh, yeah, so like 
I would work with uh, local stagehand companies, and eventually I got into working uh, for Local One Union. You know, I I never I st- I was there f- working Local One for about again seven years, and now I'm with Local Four, which is Brooklyn. Okay, okay right on. Um, I work at the King's Theater. Okay. Uh, I'm a union stagehand. Oh, that's good. Good shit. But good you know, under under the under stagehand is different departments. Right. It says stagehand on my check, but I'm a sound engineer. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'll do whatever they want me to do. Yeah. Sure. Sure. You know. Sure. I think it was was it was it was it Nick Cave, and the Bad Seeds yep. who sent me a text. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that is so, so fucking cool. Pete Arsenal. Yep. He's a good friend of mine. He actually uh, was a production manager on a Lou Reed trip, and we became friends. He's a production manager on Nick Cave. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That's so cool, man. Yeah, what a great guy. Yeah? yeah? He's killer, yeah. Yeah? That's so great, man. I mean, you, you, you did his monitors? No, so they, they were coming through the, the um, King's Theater, mm-hmm. and I was on the road with Sugar Man. Okay. With Rodriguez. And, um, yeah, it sucked. I wanted to be there. Right. But, uh, yeah, and so they needed they were going to kick off their tour, and it was going to be at the King's Theater. So I, I sort of, like, got them hooked up with... Uh, who they needed to at the King's Theater to do like a week's rehearsal oh. at the King's Theater. Wow. That's so for cool. For the man. kickoff of the Nick, Nick Cave thing. Wow, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Right? How cool is that? Yeah. We need to do a week's rehearsals at one of the coolest theaters in fucking Brooklyn. Yeah. And you locked it a week? How is that even possible? I don't know. They worked it out. But uh, all I, I just passed on the information, you know? Wow, man. Wow. That's so crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. So so, what do you got coming up, man? What are you What are you working on? Anything? Musically? No. So like, so for the union, it's like uh, I just got to take all the calls right now and, and stay grounded. I mean, all this time on the road, being in and out of bands and doing that, um, is it was gratifying musically, uh, maybe creatively, but I never really carved any sort of a living out of it. And mm-hmm. I don't think people expect to. Right. But you know, you got to remember, like. I'm doing this since 1993. Mm-hmm. You are too, you know. Mm-hmm. And so to always go away and come back and have to climb the ladder and get back into work to make a buck sure. and do that all the time is tough. It is, it is. And uh, me being a producer, engineer, guitar player type, you know, fill those roles means it takes a lot of time and energy for me to create, to do a project. Mm-hmm. I, I take on a lot. Sure, yeah. I take on stuff till it makes me sick. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Yeah. It's like I'm really emotional with this stuff. Sure. I mean, true artist, man. I mean, like Kenny Hickey asked me what I want. What do I want to say in music one day? And mm-hmm. I said to him, "For me, it's it's more about how it feels. Mm-hmm. And when you have somebody that has something to say, and you put that together with something that feels great, mm-hmm. or." angry or whatever it is mm-hmm. then you have a golden match I, I, for me sure. I'm the guy that's I'm more, not even a musician but as somebody who listens to it it's like mm-hmm. certain shit man like like there's certain bands and certain songs where I feel like number one like they wrote that shit specifically for fucking me mm-hmm. you know and just the, the it's you just know mm-hmm. yeah. you just know so I'm just saying like I, I just put all my energy into it and so I seem to have like a seven-year time limit, on, internal clock on things. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I never said that um, I'm going to give this seven years. It just happens. Okay. okay. And so 
all of these things that I've done have taken like seven, eight years around that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a lot of time. It is. So I don't, I want to make something for myself, you know, so I'm, I'm starting to maybe just take a step back for a minute. Mm-hmm. And so the union thing is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I started a, uh, a sound company with my buddy, Nate Honor, who's in a old school type metal band which is surprising because he's 10 years younger than me. Like old school, but, like, Iron, like, Iron like Maiden Iron or Maiden, like, like Yeah. <laughs> no, like, like metal. Okay. Yeah. I get you. And, uh, like, what do they call that? Like what? stadium metal? No. Like arena metal. Arena but it's not metal. arena, arena rock. No, but it's, it's like what that whole, in the vein of like on your Nate and Judas Priest. He's type. It's like heavy metal. He's 10 years Yeah, it's younger. like heavy metal. <laughs> heavy metal. He's yeah. 10 years younger than me, and he, he rips this shit up, man. His, the band's called Sanhedrin. Okay. They got this, uh, this who I work with these guys, so they're all stagehands too, but they're killer musicians. Okay. So, Erica Stoltz, mm-hmm. what a set of pipes. Holy yeah? shit, yeah. Oh my God. I mean, and, and then he has this guy, Jeremy, on guitars from Black Anvil. Okay. okay. Right on. Yeah, we know Black Anvil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so me and Nate, we started this business called uh, Local Audio. Okay. So we're an audio company. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. what, do you, what do you guys do? What do you we, do? we do consoles and uh, wireless microphones and in-ears and microphones and cable and all that stuff right that on. you need to uh, put on a real deal cool. production. Right. And we, cool. have, we have it. All cool. I might cool. I might have some questions for you about um, in ear monitors for Carly. Yeah. For from Canada. Of course. I mean, I, I know how to do that stuff very yeah. well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I have speakers and some some other contraption in my truck for you. <laughs> and it's all heavy. My truck is weighed down. So you you brought me some sp- speakers. I don't know. I'm gonna bring them to my studio. Yeah. You know, if you want to go down to Geek World, ask Jerry Farley. He'll tell you. I'm but you need, the, you need the you need the <laughs> thing. You need you need the you know the the so what the, hell are you the doing? thing. What's well, like the the skin of the fucking you know the skin of the speaker? What is that thing? The speaker itself, like cone. Like, that, like that, cone. that thing. The cone. Yeah, yeah. You need two cones. Oh, I need two new cones. Great. So are they expensive? Can you? It's yeah, yeah, easy yeah. to find. I can, I can repair speakers. You can't repair them. These are broken. You can you can take that well, the cone off and well, put a new cone. That's in. what I'm saying. Okay. You need so, those two things. Jesus. But they're loud. They're good. But they're broken. But only that thing. What is it going to cost you? Ten bucks? Mm, I don't know. I don't know, i got to look into it. Yeah, it's $20. Nah, what does it cost to replace cones? How much time is it going to take? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a couple of screws. A couple, shit. two, three screws. You unscrew it, you take the other one, you put it on. No? Yeah. I got a guy. I got a guy. My friend Josh repairs speakers. Yeah? yeah. All right, good. You got a Josh guy. Josh Lozano from Fashion Week. Great band. Yeah? All right. Well, you got a speaker I mean, guy. It's Unsane and Nirvana. I think that's they kind of like live somewhere in that area. Yeah? Anyway, um... So we're just after an hour. All right. What do you think? What do you think? I don't I need know. some uh, cold pomoni. You you want to yeah, you want to take a break and we'll come back to this. Uh, Why you want to talk about something? I, I, mean, I, can just, I can go on and on for you, you're with, feeling with all it, that huh? stuff. You're feeling yeah. it, huh? You're liking the Brooklyn Blast for this fucking podcast. It's so convoluted the story that I that I, you know, everything is intertwined. Yeah. It's amazing how all of these things spawned off into different directions mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Sal Abrascato, you know, like mm-hmm. he uh, he got me involved with stagehand work and it, you know, it turned into so many other things. See? So props to Sal. Yeah, yeah man. What's he up to these days? So those guys, uh, so I decided that I'm going to take a break on that. Okay. On the A Pale Horse Named Death. Okay. Right? I did two records. 
I produced two records. They did great. I'm proud of those records. Mm-hmm. You um, should be sound great. Yeah, we did. We had fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we created something. You know, it's now an entity. Mm-hmm. Those guys want to continue and do stuff. I'm at a point in, in my life where I need to uh, build my own world a little bit. You know, my own, my own sense of security a little bit. Sure, sure. sure. You know, um, and so they're going to do another record. SPV's is on it again. Mm-hmm. They've got uh, Thomas Kreidner's uh, booking. They're going to uh, give it a shot again. That's cool. Are you involved in the, on the production end? Or? No. Okay. I'm, I'm just, uh, like I said, I, I live and breathe that shit until it makes me sick, and I, I let it run my life. Mm-hmm. So if I do that, um, it means that things in my life are going to fall down. You I, know, understand. Like, uh, I understand. Yeah. Well, listen, you, there's only so much time in a day. There's so much shit going on. You got to pick and choose your battles, as they yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sad. Don't don't get me wrong. I love playing. Of course, I love music. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but I also been doing the the typo sort of like style for so many years too. Mm-hmm. I hear so. you. I hear you. Yeah, man. Sometimes you 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 know it's like you know. I mean, you're the type of guy, like you said, you you work on something until it makes until it makes you sick. And I, I'm I'm I have a similar personality in that regard. Like we're working for Candiria, working for the label, whatever. It's just like I, I obsess. You know, and uh, you get to a point where you're like, this, this isn't, this isn't working anymore. This right. isn't, it's not, you know, and, and even when it, like, it doesn't, even if it doesn't work for long periods of time, I still would obsess and I'd still like push and push and push. But then you get to a point, you're like, all right, this is just unhealthy at this point. So I get that. I get that, man. Yeah. Crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to tell you guys about, you know, you know, John Collette? John Collette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, he's got uh, this, he's got this band called Nightmare. Yeah, that's right. Actually, John Collette, I think me and John Collette were actually going to work on something. He originally was in, uh, oh, what the hell band? From, um, from the island, right? From the island? Yeah. It's all new to me. I yeah. Know. No, but John, John, John's a good friend. Yeah, yeah. John's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I work with him, too, and he's releasing this thing, Nightmare, mm-hmm. really like heavy extremely dissonant. aggressive man he's he's got a he's he's really just like he's, extremely talented he's vocalist, got a man. set of pipes too yes, he right does. yeah man yeah um yeah i just wanted to give them a shout yeah man what do they do they have they're putting out a record yeah something's happening out? right now so okay. like it's gonna come out like within the next month i believe I where know. can people check it out on Bandcamp? yeah check them out on Bandcamp. so nightmare yeah. on Bandcamp. Yeah. Yeah. right on it's probably nightmare.bandcamp.com that's how they do their deal Probably. I also want to tell you guys about this thing that uh, the Lou Reed crew does every year for okay. Lou Reed's birthday um, at the Bowery Electric on March 1st. Um, a lot of people that were Lou's friends or people who love Lou, talented uh, singers and musicians come together and they do Lou songs over at the Bowery Electric. Wow, that's so, very cool. That's March wow. 1st? That's March 1st. At the Bowery Electric? Yeah. Right down the block from CBGB. That's right. Uh, well, where it used to be. I'm gonna be doing a song. Oh, get out of here! Yeah, nice. that's fantastic. Man. I used to do a really good lure impression. Oh, so nice. like they um, they asked me to do a song, so I'm gonna sing a song. I'm not oh, a singer, fantastic. but I'm just it's all the guys, and I'm just gonna have fun. Cool. Why not? Yeah, it's all about having fun, man. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, but some heavyweights come down. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's really cool, man. Man, that's gotta be that's friggin' sight to see. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I actually asked Mina if she would come and do a song. Oh, really? So, trying to egg her on. That would be. Really I don't cool. see why she wouldn't do that. Yeah. Well, she wants to. She just has to know. She wants to know if she's gonna actually be here. 
Mm. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah, we're actually playing a show with Life of Agony. It's on March 1st. Yeah. yeah well, did, are they going out on the road? I saw something that okay. they're booked for. You're playing okay. something with Life of Agony? Yeah. Oh, that rules. <laughs> Where? It's in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. We're doing the New England Metal Fest this year, and we're, uh, we're sharing okay. the stage with them. We did... Um, Funny, we did vocals for uh, the new Life of Agony, a place where there's no more pain in mm, my great record. in my home studio. Oh yeah, but uh, the vocals were uh, were done in my my wife's walk-in closet. Oh really? With all the Betsy Johnson and the Doc Martens and everything mm-hmm. surrounding, mm-hmm. Mina was like in love. That's amazing. That's yeah. I do vocals in there sometimes. Yeah, I mean you need an ISO booth, you got your closet. Yeah, you make it work. It's such a she's so easy to work with as a producer mm-hmm. to like to get her to sing something mm-hmm. is un- it just happens it's just magic yeah yeah just a, that's a magical human being right there yeah Mina is really amazing I'm actually looking forward to sharing the stage with Life of Agony um, we were actually we were scheduled to do a show with them upstate I forget at the uh, at Northern Lights I believe right. and then the date got changed and we couldn't do it and it was kind of a disappointment kind of a bum out mm. but uh yeah i'm looking forward to that that's out that's not until uh toward the end of april yeah yeah but that's cool yeah. and, i mean and, and worcester yeah massachusetts there was a time i was What's doing shit? i was doing front of house i was mixing front of house for life of agony for a while mm-hmm. did many shows i i think uh, like the industry kind of collapsed a bit where like they gotta keep a tight wallet in a way gotcha. so to speak you know to make to make it worth it, so sure. they have to cut oh, costs. Of course, you know? yeah, of course, man. Um, but I mixed them for the Polish Woodstock. Really? There was like, now this is the number I heard, and, and I think this is just throughout the whole uh, festival from beginning to end. How many people walked through it? Mm-hmm. Three hundred thousand people. Wow! It That's was insane. Right. It was ridiculous. That's insane. I think uh, Hellfest is one hundred and fifty thousand. And which is just, I mean, we, we played Hellfest this last year and we played to an ocean of people. Yeah. And to imagine double that. <laughs> I mean, in front insane. of house, where I was, I, I needed binoculars to see the stage. Wow, that's, that's crazy. Fucking telescope. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? That's nuts. Yeah. That's insane. That's crazy, man. Yeah. It's one of my bucket list things. I have to go overseas and go to a fucking open air something. Or Dude, other. go to Hellfest. Go something, to Hellfest. anything with full force, Hellfest, anything go like that. Hellfest. Hellfest is so, so cool. I mean, we didn't get to see much of the festival. We the the only, I mean, like the way it's situated, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you, you're, you're staying in a town and the next town over, you know, you can't stay there. It's right. just too insane. There's too much parking. Every, every hotel is booked. There's no way you're staying there. So literally, you're you're a town away, which is miles away, um, and uh, you know. So to get to the venue, you gotta get a cab. Like, there's no, you know what I mean? Like, you're not getting around easily. No. And a cab ride to the event is like 150 dollars. Yeah. So we were like, uh, okay, I guess we'll go. We'll, we'll check out the show tomorrow while we're actually there playing. So a lot of people don't realize how much work and how much shuttling around happens oh on tour. You know, it's Dude. not it's not always fun and it's games. Not. It's not just it's not lounging around all the time. It's, it's not. It's, it sucks. <laughs> There's a lot of hustle and bustle. Get here, get there. You know, got to be here on time for a sound check in, at like fucking 2 o'clock in the afternoon and we're not going on till like 1 a.m. or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a lot of monotony. It is, know. man. The Hellfest trip. But to- people will give their fucking balls to fucking do what you guys do. So. Well... You know, the grass is always greener, the they grass say. Is always greener, yeah. dude. Do it one time and people are like, oh, I hear you. People are like, oh, I get it. I get it. 
you know, um, do the Hellfest trip and then coming home and jumping on warp Tour, it was six flights in four days, which is not a huge deal, but six grueling flights. Every flight was delayed. Every flight was a layover, a miserable layover. Every flight was a full flight. Like, it was just miserable. And it was just like, play the festival. Get on, get into a thing. Get onto a plane. Get home. Get home. You got six hours to be home with your girlfriend. Get back on a, in a cab. Go to the airport. Go back. And it was just insanity. Yeah. And and getting home, the worst one was getting home from Hellfest. We were um, on a plane. You you know you have to stop off in Portugal, layover, hours and hours of a layover. Get back on a plane, get home. After the whole thing is like literally, it's like a fifteen hour flight, whatever it is, all together with the layover. And we get in, we get to New York, we're just about to land, and like, we're sorry, um, JFK's closed. You guys are going to Boston. That rules. We're like, holy shit. And this is like... I love Boston. I love Boston too, but not hanging out in, air, <laughs> in an airport. Um, yeah, but, you're just in an airport. It yeah. doesn't matter where the fuck you are on the right, planet, so, you're so in an airport. Delta doesn't <laughs> ever leave the airport. <laughs> That's good, man. Yeah. Nice. I appreciate that very much, because, I mean, dude, it's like, ah, the worst, the worst. Luckily, we flew into Boston and we sat in the tarmac for two hours and they flew back home to JFK and we did come home. Otherwise, we would have stayed. We would have missed the warp tour. We would have. We would have not made warp tour. Um. So luckily, it worked out. Yeah, and warp, warp tour is a a grueling that's thing. That's a grueling thing. And so, yeah. <sighs> nightmare, but a beautiful nightmare. I will say. I mean, as much as it was very difficult and challenging, we all walked away with from it. Um. You know. With, with the feeling that, like, we are glad we did it. No matter what that came with, no matter what, like, financially it was not the greatest. Hmm. Whatever whatever it brought with it, in the end of the day, we were, like, very happy we did it. Very happy with you, people. You have the that. experience, and what the most important thing is, you have stories and content for the podcast. There you go. You see this guy? You see? Means? They call me fucking Jimmy fucking Silver Lining. There's, <laughs> there's definitely no shortage of stories. I mean, we can just... Oh, yeah. No. Can we go on forever. We could. We could go on forever. We could just go I, on like, forever. we finish up and it's just like, uh, oh, I could have said that. I could, it yeah, happens every I time. I got to tell you guys. So, like, uh, you guys asked me on the podcast and I'm like, fuck, what the hell am I going to talk about? Mm -hmm. Who wants, like... Who's gonna? How can I follow all the great stuff? You know, it's not a competition. You know? So yeah. I'm thinking all these things to say, and I've got this whole list and all this crap, and I don't think we even touched on any of that shit. I know. Well, yeah, I told it you. goes by fast. It really does. Yeah, we touched upon what you do, and I think that's the important thing. It's like, yeah, you know, the reason, you know, look, you know, after having Mina on, after having Jerry on, after having all these people on. Your name kept popping in my head. I kept mentioning it to Jimmy, and Jimmy's yeah. like, "Yeah, set it up. I don't care. So, I'm down for whatever." Yeah, to me, it's just uh, like I'm also with a friend and the reason to get together. Yeah, it's also like I, I'm the guy that always wants to talk about everybody else too. Like I always want to bring the people that brought me up into the conversation. Well, yeah, so just all those things. A little homage, if you would. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, because I find it hard to talk about myself. I'm just not that way. Oh, some people are like yeah, that. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to. You let the music and, and the whatever you're working on speak for you. Yeah, I don't you talk know? about myself ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I say it in a stupid way. No, of course, of course. Of course. Um, so at this point, <laughs> we're looking at about an hour and 20. Yeah. Which yeah. is a pretty solid podcast. Yeah, it's, it's, solid. it's solid, dude. It's so good. you guys want to... I'm starving. i got to be honest with you. I'd love to have yeah. Yeah, some Yeah, let's, let's go with the... Let's yeah, so, um, well, we have the next, I'm not going to announce, obviously, who we have, but we have the next three podcasts are yeah, we have the scheduled, um, which is a good thing. Um, different people. I, I mean, at first, 
this whole thing started, yeah, we're gonna get like a lot of you know hardcore people and stuff like that. But it, it's it's good to switch it up, mm -hmm. and we've been switching it up. The next the next one we have is definitely different. Mm -hmm. um, then after that is something that's I have no idea about. That's mm -hmm. a John. That's a Johnny Candiria fucking recommendation. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, so it, yeah, there's there's a lot of eclectic stuff going on over here, which is cool because yeah, it's not it's not the same thing. Okay, right. I'm in a hardcore band, I'm yeah. in a metal band. No, there's there's a lot of things going on, which is an awesome thing. Sure. So instead of me rambling like fucking crazy, I'm just gonna real quick fast say my whole fucking spiel, mm -hmm. which is uh, I don't know where you're listening to this, but download, rate, and review on iTunes, SoundCloud. Um, Podcast Addict, Overcast, all of it at The Brooklyn Blast Furnace. Facebook, The Brooklyn Blast Furnace is a group and a page. Blast Furnace Productions, where you can find fucking everything. Um, Instagram is Blast Furnace Productions. Twitter is Blast Furnace NYC. Candiria the band on Instagram. Can you can just just type in Candiria on Facebook and you yeah. find it. The, uh, rising, um, rising Pulse Records. RisingPulseRecords.com. There's also a Rising Pulse uh, Twitter that Johnny never really goes on. I fucking tag him and yeah. I mention him with every single post and I get Gungatungu back. <laughs> That's what I get back. It's too hard. That it's it's not hard. It's a click of a button. It's not hard. You know, it's the faces that you make when you're talking is exactly how I imagined it. <laughs> Who, me? I don't make faces. I'm yeah, okay. I don't. Um, so yeah, so all that shit, just, just type in the Brooklyn Blaze Furnace and you'll find it. Um, Matt, where can we find you? Yeah, where can we find you? Local audio? At oh. New York, uh, no, at New York, at, at, no wait, at NY Audio Engineer on Twitter yeah. and Instagram, Matt Brown on Facebook. Yeah. Right? Matt Brown. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of tough because my name is the, like, chins in the phone, you know, it's like... Mm -hmm. The most common freaking thing. Mm -hmm. You type in Matt Brown, you get everything from airplane pilots to like you know wrestlers and shit. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, yeah, Matt Brown on Facebook. Okay, cool, man. If you can find me, well, they'll find you, man. But uh, thank you so much. Oh, for we'll doing find. It. We'll they'll find you. Yeah. yeah, they need to smarten up. Uh, and find. Whether I push accept, that's a whole. Other <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's your business, man. Well, yeah. Thank you for the incense matches and thank you for the Spumoni Gardens and we're gonna enjoy that now. Um, and uh, just letting you guys know, all the people, all the future guests, you know, I mean, I don't know, man, he brought some Spumoni Gardens, just putting that out there. You're going to step it up. You're going <laughs> to step up your game. Not that we fucking, it's, 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 it's appreciated and it's not expected, though. No, it's definitely appreciated. Thank you, man. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And where are we? Over here now. <laughs> yeah. We're over here.